on today's Lockdown Royals podcast. I want to dive into Dayton Moore. Do you still trust Dayton Moore to build this franchise? When will this rebuild be complete and back in its winning ways in Kansas City? And let's take a look back at Dayton Moore's track record with the Kansas City Royals. All of this and more coming up on today's Lockdown Royals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Royals Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to dive in to Dayton Moore. And if you trust Dayton Moore to continue to build this team, after this roller coaster of a season. We're also going to touch on his track record and when the projections are that the Royals can get back into the postseason. Diving into all of that. Thank you for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Royals baseball. For your second listen, go check out the Lockdown Chiefs podcast. The Lockdown Chiefs podcast, of course has you covered for the entire season, and as training camp comes to a close and preseason comes to a close, they're going to get you previewed up for week one and beyond at the Locked On Chiefs podcast five days a week. College football also starting, so check out Locked On Mizzou, Locked On Cornhuskers, Locked On Jayhawks, Locked On Wildcats, everything you need from Locked On College, NBA, MLB, NFL, everything you need, we've got it for you. Dayton Moore. Look, everyone loves Dayton Moore, the human being. Everyone should love Dayton Moore, the human being. However, I think that it is fair to question his ability to run a baseball team, especially a baseball team in a small market. Look, Dayton Moore took over in 2003, and since then the Royals had... The 2013 season, which was a fun season. 14, you're going to the World Series. 15, you're going to the World Series. Um, 16, right at 500. So he's had four years where they did not have a losing record. That's it. That's the that's the run. From, from 2003 up until current day, four years where you're not below 500. So it's fair to question his ability to put together a baseball club and also his ability to sustain success. Because only two of the four years did the Royals actually make the playoffs. So being in Kansas City since 2003, which is coming up on a decade, of course, next year, because they won't make the playoffs this year, he's only been only to the playoffs twice. Now, in those two times, went to two World Series and won a World Series. How long does that buy you? How much... Currency does that value, right? 
That is the big question. Now, I want to answer that with the sense of, in my lifetime, the Royals went to the playoffs twice. I didn't get to experience the glory days of Kansas City baseball. And so the championship means a lot. The World Series means a lot. But baseball is the rare sport where I truly feel as though the championship aspect is not the is not the only great outcome. Obviously, you win a World Series, it's a great season. But unlike any sport, any other sport, there's more ways to have a great season. Because of the 162-game nature, because of the nightly routine you can fall into, because of the, you know, it's the only sport you can watch for the majority of its season. It's the only sport on television for the majority of its season. Because of the fact that it's a calming sport, and it's a sport where, again, you know each and every night you can watch the Royals play baseball. You can build that into your routine, into your family life, into your summer days and a way to get away from and escape from life in the summertime. You can just build this into a special bond between you and your friends or your family or just a special escape from your real life for a couple of hours each night. Because of that fact, I believe that there is nothing better in the world than a winning baseball team because night in and night out playing meaningful baseball gives you what you're looking for and brings a community together, even more so than a winning football team. I mean, look, obviously the Chiefs have taken over Kansas City, and it's a football town and everything, but think about 2014. Think about 2015. They sold blue milk. Let me say that again. They sold blue milk because people would buy anything that had a Royals logo slapped upon it. During that two-year stretch. Now, Mahomes can sell cereal. The Chiefs can get the biggest you know, attendance numbers and the largest television ratings of any team. And I do not want to disparage the Chiefs. I'm using the Chiefs to prop up the Royals. Even for as crazy and the number one fame best in the NFL that Kansas City is, they were equally passionate and even tick more so about winning baseball in Kansas City because you get to know these guys and their personality. I mean, think about this. You you get 17 games promised to you of a 53-man roster from Kansas City. That doesn't account for injuries. It doesn't account for trades or whatever. Uh, You know, 17 games promised of you. And in those 17 games, you're going to talk to Patrick Mahomes every single week at the podium. You know, maybe the radio interviews a guy, maybe the Fox pregame show interviews a guy. But you're you're not really growing attached to every single person on the roster. And it's not even long enough, despite it feeling long in the moment, it's not even long enough to develop any sort of themes to it at times. And what I mean by that is think about how you rallied around the person. Eric Cosmer, the person Mike Moustakis, the person Lorenzo Cain, Salvador Perez, Aziz Escobar. 
think about the the sayings that they had that what speed do you know the 1738 thing where they tried to fit that into every press conference and all these guys were talking every single day it's just a more personable game you can see their faces you can you can see their expressions you can see their interactions it's just a a beautiful thing when you play winning baseball and whenever you can know every night you need to watch the team you need to see how things unfold. You need to witness winning baseball. And so if you can do that for a eight-year stretch, nine-year stretch, 10-year stretch, then that's equally as valuable as a one-off World Series, in my opinion, because in those eight, nine, 10-year stretch, you've given yourself a chance to win a World Series. Whereas what Kansas City has done is they've won the World Series in 2015, they went through in 2014. They've never given themselves a chance any other year but those two. And baseball, again, is the sport where their postseason makes the least sense. The Dodgers should far and away win the World Series. If you only took this on paper and you only took this at face value and you only took this on who's the best team who has the best players, the Dodgers win every time. However, there's a realistic chance that the Seattle Mariners get hot and go from wildcard team to World Series winners. It happens all the time. Whereas in basketball, if you're not a one seed or a two seed, you're just there to have fun in the playoffs. You're just there for your quick little exit in the first round or second round. In football, typically... The best teams win. Now, there are instances in both sports where fluky things happen. But there's, besides hockey, there's no other fluky sport for the most part in the postseason. So you, you have to get to the postseason to get the benefits of that. And to me, I'd much rather be the Rays, even though they never won the World Series. They went there twice, and they've always been in the mix in a tougher division you think about the total number of games that they got to share with their fan base and their community that were exciting, fun, and meaningful. That total sum of games in these last 10 years has been greater than the Royal sum of games that have been meaningful, despite the Royals going to two World Series and winning one of them as the race fall just short. Is Dayton more the kind of GM that can breed sustainable success in Kansas City? I want to talk about that coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now, my good friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is the best spot for all of your betting needs in action this season. Bet Online has you covered this year with more props and odds and lines than ever before. In fact, they have you locked in with MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, college sports. Boxing, esports, golf, any event, UFC, combat sports, anything you want, they've got it at Bet Online. And my favorite part is the options they give you because Bet Online is your leader for sport news, live betting, um, prop bets, and odds this year. Whenever I go to Bet Online, I love to check out my favorite sports NFL, NBA, MLB. 
I love to check out their future bets. What, what are they thinking is going to happen here? For example, the future bet for MLB right now I'm looking at is World Series winners. And the odds-on favorites to win the World Series is the LA Dodgers, followed by the Houston Astros. And then the two New York teams are tied for the third best odds to win the World Series. I am very fascinated by that. The NFL right now, before week one, I'm looking at win totals, okay, kind of getting a feel of, of, of where these teams should finish and who might surprise, who might be undervalued. And in the NBA, I love the prop bet, the prop bet avenue of, you know, will X player average over under 20 points per game, things of that nature, I think are very, very fun. So I just want to tell you to go check out Bet online and have some fun over there. You can even bet on individual games such as the Royals against the Padres, where the Royals are a one and a half run underdog. So go check them out today. Bet online, where the game starts. We are back on the Lockdown Royals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your teams every day. Let's talk Dayton more. So I've, I've laid out my case, and you can agree or disagree, and in fact, let me know. Do you agree or disagree? Does one World Series just mean everything to you, or do you think that, that baseball is the rare exception to the always chase the rings rule, to where there is value in multiple summers of fun, multiple summers of being in a chase and playing meaningful games? You think about this. Someone in their 20s right now, a la me, How many meaningful games have they watched of Royals baseball? A sport that plays 162 games a year. I would go as far to say they've seen less than 400 meaningful baseball games in their entire life. For a sport that plays 162 times in their regular season. Why is that? If we agree Dayton Moore's a good person, he builds good bullpens, he is respected around Major League Baseball as a team builder, why is that? To me, it comes down to the mindset. Dayton Moore is family-oriented. Dayton Moore wants to um, build up these guys within the community and and make you attached to these players and make you... um, you know, want to be immersed with them. And it worked for Mostakis. It worked for Hosmer. It worked for O'Kane. It helped immerse the community in those in those runs. Now, when you try it with Merrifield and these guys where they don't win, it, it falls flat. And I think that the biggest thing is putting too much weight in this guy could be a franchise guy or this fan base loves this player. Sometimes you have to trade the guy that the fan base loves. The Rays traded Evan Longoria. I think it's the mindset of not wanting to say, yes, we're going to trade this guy who is still currently a very good baseball player, but it's for the betterment of our future. It's to get nine years of a guy who could be equal or better than this guy that we're trading. That business savvy and cold-heartedness where, yeah, we're turning our roster over year in and year out, and you're going to have to get used to a whole new group of guys next year as a fan base, but by, but by game 40, when this team is in first place instead of last, you're going to love it. That mindset, that switch, 
I think is what needs to happen in Major League Baseball in the small markets nowadays. Now, we can go back and forth on how the game's transpired over these last few years. Playing the game on a spreadsheet is the fancy saying. You know, all or nothing, another fancy saying for, you know, trying to hit home runs versus strikeout and not care about getting on base and playing station to station and doing all the things the 2015 Royals did. We could talk all about if baseball's going down the correct path or not, but this is the path they're on. So how do you react to it? You don't want to be stubborn in your ways. The path that they're on is you need good, cheap, controllable talent in a small market to win games. You need to get out of the guys you drafted in a hurry at the right time to get back even more guys who are talented and can help you keep this window open, of op- this window of opportunity open, this window of success open. It's a tough balancing act. It is, it is one that I understand is difficult, but you have to at least try. You have to at least give yourself the chance. Things like holding on to Whit Merrifield until he has literally no value. I mean, they, they finally traded Whit Merrifield this deadline whenever he has a career low in every hitting category, a career low in every fielding category. He lost both assets in one fell swoop on top of the vaccine conundrum. And now is the time that you bail on Whit Merrifield, where he's the oldest he's ever been, as we all are, and he's having a career low year in every category. And that's not an exaggeration. Look up the, the, the baseball reference page. Career low, you know, batting average, OPS, OPS plus, slugging, war, defensive war, just a dreadful year in every sense of the word for Merrifield during his time in Kansas City. Th- those are the examples. Letting, letting Eric Hosmer enter free agency, knowing you can't re- retain him. Same thing, letting Lorenzo Cain hit free agency, knowing you cannot retain him. Those type of moves are why the Royals find themselves where they find themselves, where they can't sustain success, and they can't get this thing off the ground. I just think that you know, the Royals would have been you know, smart to agree in 2016. And you know, if you want to give it 2016, fine. 2017, at, at the very minimum. In 2017, they should have just said, you know, we appreciate this core, but we've got to trade Moustakas before it hits free agency and nobody wants to pay him. We've got to trade Eric Hosmer and Lorenzo Cain. You've know, you got you to gotta give it up. And, and net back guys who can help you win. You lost Eric Cosmer for nothing. You lost him in Sokane for nothing. Teams like the Rays don't do that. They pull Blake Snell prematurely. They lose the World Series. They trade him to San Diego. They trade their face of their franchise in Evan Longoria. Now, you can talk Fred McGriff. You can talk Carl Crawford, whatever. Bottom line is, the lone true transcendent star of the Rays franchise, and the first. So the first and the lone, Evan Longoria, was moved on the back end of his prime to San Francisco. 
Fans were not happy. Fans weren't happy whenever Blake Snell was traded either. But you know what? They got over it. They don't bring it up anymore. They don't care anymore. You know why? Yeah, that's right. They're winning. They're in the playoffs every single year. Even in the toughest division in the sport. Can you imagine what the Rays would do if they were in the Central? I mean, can you imagine what the Rays would do if they were in the Central? I mean, they, they would just dominate. They would just dominate. And, and so I, I say all this to say that I think the mindset has to change in Kansas City. And you have to accept where we're at as a sport. And if that means trading away Bobby Witt Jr. in year six in Kansas City, even if you're a team that can play 500 or better baseball for the greater good of the organization for the next five years, then maybe that's what you have to do. Because let's face it, if Bobby Witt Jr. becomes the all-star we think he can and the superstar we think he can, he's priced out. Because even a guy, the stature of Eric Hosmer, was priced out, much less the stature of a guy like Bobby Witt Jr., who we think in Kansas City can be a top 10 player in the sport. You can't re-sign that in Kansas City. You just can't. And that might sound defeatist, but it's, it's reality. And so how can you balance getting all you can out of him for, for the Royals while also getting out at the right time and getting back a huge return? That flip of the switch to me is Dayton Moore's downfall. And so I want to shift in now to talking about your trust level in him. Because this has been a season that's had a lot of highs, a lot of lows. I shouldn't say a lot of highs, but it's had some highs and and a lot of lows. And there was a point in the season where I think even the most optimistic Royals fan wanted to fire the manager the pitching coach, and Dayton Moore. Wanted a clean house in one fell swoop. Then the young pitchers start pitching better, and the team calls up more youngsters, and they start playing more exciting baseball, and now the pressure's slowly coming off of the trio. But I'll say... In every instance where the Royals have made change, they've gotten better. They fired the hitting coach. And since then, this has been a top half of the league offense. They traded Andrew Benatendi and and Whit Merrifield and guys who weren't bought in. And since then, this team's been a joy to watch. Change has been a good thing for Kansas City. Should more change be on the horizon this offseason? I think despite Brady Singer's turnaround, you still fire Cal Eldridge, no matter what. But I am very fascinated by the pulse of the Royals fan base on Dayton Moore, who's had such a long leash. And do you think he can reinvent himself? Because the bottom line is, if he doesn't reinvent himself with this current iteration of the Royals... He'll make the same mistakes where maybe he can build together and scrap together a team that can go to a World Series or heck, even win one. But that's a once every 30 year ordeal. And as I said at the top of the show, I just think that baseball is a sport where 
and the rare sport, and I think the only sport where you'd trade in once every 30 years for 10 straight years of playoff baseball and zero World, World Series titles. Because it's about the chase. It's about the hunt. It's about, you know, March through October. It's about the camaraderie, the community, and everything else. Now, in the NFL, I'm chasing that Super Bowl every single time, and if I can't get there, I'm, I'm going to tank. In the NBA, same thing. I'm, I'm chasing that, that NBA Finals Larry O'Brien trophy, and if I can't get there, I'm going to tank. But in baseball, I want to see a competent, a quality product night in and night out to enjoy with my summer nights and I want that to lead itself to nine straight years of playoff appearances and playoff contention versus 30 bad years and on the 31st year you're going to go to the World Series let me know what you think about that and the dynamics of baseball compared to the other sports on Twitter at Radland underscore Styles at Lockdown Royals or in the comment section down below on YouTube. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Royals baseball. And for your second listen, go check out the Lockdown MLB podcast for the national perspective of all of baseball. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.